Welcome to Old Town New World, live from Millstone Pizza in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Chris Gervais. I'm Micah Troublefield. Jason Broadwater is also here. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Yeah, okay. Myself and Micah are going to grab the reins and ride this old town New World horsey. But, but probably mostly Chris. But probably mostly me. No, Micah's going to be, in a couple minutes, he's going to be jibber-jabbering like crazy. Like a crazy old person. Um, I don't mean that as an affront to old people that listen to Old Town New World. Um, <laughs> you know, you, can, be, you huge, can be you can <laughs> crazy at any age. That's true. That's true. Um, anyway, so what we're going to talk about this week is... Uh, Micah and myself's experience. We just wrapped a short film, which means that we just finished shooting it. Which so what is this rap language? You we were rap, wrapping the yeah, film? Yeah, we wrapped. We looked at each other and rapped. Yeah, it was kind of Ghetto Boys inspired. Yes. And um, it was pretty hot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but anyway, so, yeah, we, we just finished shooting it, so we still have to edit and everything. But, um, yeah, we definitely went through... It's like a 10, probably about a 10 minute movie. It was a 10 page script. And um, for the first time ever, we successfully funded it by uh, using a crowdsourcing site, Indiegogo. Yeah, which the biggest difference, the reason we initially used Indiegogo, uh, the difference, it's like Kickstarter. It's basically exactly like Kickstarter, except for you have the option to, um, you can set this one thing and it allows you to, if you don't meet your goal, you can still have the money they give you. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of why we went with it, thinking that yeah. we probably wouldn't meet our goal because we've never met a goal before. But we've only really really tried like one time before. Yeah. But now it's Kickstarter, and it was like a really high goal, and and so yeah, Indiegogo's the the Walmart of <laughs> it's it's Walmart to Kickstarter's Target, I guess, and that like because there's no there's no stakes, like you're gonna get whatever people give you on Indiegogo. But however, we went over our goal anyway, so. Yeah. We could have well, Congratulations. Thank you. So do you think that there's not, so we'll come back to the more about the short and learn more about the film itself, but in, in terms of, since we're already on this uh, crowdfunding piece, and you talk about the kind of Walmart to Target, I know that's just a comparison, but um, are there negative aspects to the looser sides of Indiegogo? I think so. I mean, I think that part of, like, the only thing, the only difference between Kickstarter and panhandling is that in Kickstarter there are stakes and you can't, you know, it's kind of a game and it's a, it, it's closer to feeling like a traditional fundraiser, I guess. And when with Indiegogo, even though we did use it and we're very appreciative of it, um, I guess it gets a little closer to being like, there's an aspect of any crowdsourcing money site that is sort of like just a social excuse to ask people for money. I mean, like, the truth is, I'd say, the majority of the money we got, well, maybe, yeah, I'd say a good majority of the money we got was from, like, friends and family, people that are close to us, um, all of which money that we probably could have gotten by just calling them and being like, hey, can we have money? But there's no way I'd ever do that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's completely different because this gives you, now you just post to Facebook this link that gives, gives a really large explanation. I don't know why large, but it gives you an explanation of what you're doing, gives you an, a cute little video that we... <laughs> Um, I don't know. And I feel like too with Indiegogo. The reason I didn't feel bad about doing the the way that like we take the money no matter what 
is that no matter what, we were going to make the movie. So right. e- either yeah. we were, we knew what we needed to like do it right, but we were going to make the movie even if we didn't get any money. So there wasn't much fear from us. Um, as far like you know, if we only got a hundred dollars, we're still going to make the movie. It's just not going to look that great, and it's not going to sound very good. So let me back up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me back up here for people who don't really know what uh, crowdfunding is and all that. Um, you know, crowdfunding is. Um, it's crowdsourcing. It's in other words, you put something out there. Crowdfunding was a word I couldn't think of. I just kept saying crowdsourcing for money. We should also interject that it's raining like crazy in case people are curious. Oh, those are people cheering. Really hard. Those are people cheering for our podcast. Oh, that's not right. Exactly. <clears throat> so, so crowdfunding—you put something out there on the internet, and you basically can say, "Hey, this is what we're trying to do, and this is—we're trying to raise this amount of money to do it," and people can. Um, fund it they can contribute small amounts or large amounts or whatever and sometimes there's a reward or I guess every time there's a reward for the people if I give if you give us X amount of money you get X and some of them it could be something silly yeah. or it could be something serious like um, you know you fund it and we give you a t-shirt or something something, something that people won't you know yeah. so we had to move inside because of rain so so let's go back to this thing about the guy doing the uh, Kickstarter for making the what was it Potato salad, yes. It was it was awesome. It was just it literally just said it was like the project was called potato salad, and the description was like I'm basically making potato salad. <laughs> and like, the funny thing is, you could tell from, from by what he wrote that uh, it really was a gag, and he really wasn't expecting to get much money. You can just tell by the way it was set up. Yeah, and then asking, it, it was asking for ten dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then like um, people were like, "Are you gonna make this kind of potato salad or this kind?" Of? He's like, "I don't know whichever one's the easiest." <laughs> Yeah, the, um, but it ended up getting yesterday was at like almost forty grand, which is crazy town, yeah. man. But what's funny though is the thing is, is like, and not that this is a problem, because it's got forty grand. But the highest you could contribute was like fifty dollars, I think, on his thing for reward wise. Anyway, you could, you could contribute whatever you want, but the highest reward thing was fifty dollars, and it was like he's gonna send you potato salad and send you. He's gonna make a recipe book and give it to you. So now, and there were like a whole lot of people who donated $50 or more so he he's, not, he's now in the business of mailing out yeah. potato salad he also said he was going to do a party and invite the internet that's right, that's to the his internet, potato yeah. salad party <laughs> so this is the lighter side of uh, crowdfunding of course but a lot of people have done a lot of really uh, powerful projects and had them funded I know that um, I know a girl uh, actually we're doing a website for a, an organization called Beauty for Ashes and Kara um, who runs that organization um, did a kickstarter for um creating an art studio in Guatemala for uh, kids in this uh, extremely poor area. And it was a great idea. She's already over there working with them anyway. She raised all the money and she did something really awesome. So some of it's social impact, some of it can just be creative endeavor, and some of it could be silly or whatever. But the idea is you put an idea out there and you say, hey, if you'd like to help make this happen, then pitch in a little bit of money and we make this happen. Yeah. A lot of times, if it's, if it's like technology that you're creating, Usually, people are just they're buying that product before it exists. So if you if you're making this like, like I saw yesterday, this great i like iPhone cord or whatever, that's something that should exist and that you want. And when you when you contribute money, you're just buying it in advance. And if yeah. if they get their money, you're gonna get this cord that you want to exist. So, but when you get over to like the art side, it's it's different because you're getting you know it's kind of the same because you're saying. I want this movie to exist so bad 
that I will help fund it. And then, like, for our rewards, you can get, like, a Blu-ray. Like, depending on the money you give, you could give, like, a Blu-ray or you can get a, a digital copy or stuff like that. So it's, like... So they're kind of buying it, too, but they yeah. might be paying more for it than they would at Walmart or something. Right. If or, it existed. Right, pretty much. And, and it's kind of that that idea of being like I just I want to see this or, or or maybe you know this is my nephew and I want to support him but hopefully it's more the I want this to exist yeah yeah which we try we tried to initially when we did ours like we um it we it was sort of a last minute idea we hadn't planned on doing it and then um we didn't do a video for you most people do a video we, just, we didn't do a video we just made like a presentation we made we made it as elaborate as we could but we didn't do a video and then um, we eventually did make a video and that it's completely changed everything like it, uh, just giving it a personality and, and being ourselves and stuff really changed it it really blew up after that but the, um, it's funny how and we just tried to sell like you know here's why we like this and here's why we think it's going to be funny and, and even that is weird but it, it, it's a weird thing more often than not when you see like people that have crowdfunding things for their movies or whatever it puts them in this weird position where you can tell for the first time ever they've had to, to consider like why am I making this? You can see it, and it's weird. Sometimes it's like you see them awkwardly like pleading and trying to be like, well, it's the social ramifications. Of it. When, when the truth <laughs> they is, they just want to make it. Yeah, the truth is, I just got you know some guy's got an idea and he wants to make a movie. Which the next time I do a crowdfunding campaign for a movie, I may I may put it in those terms and be like, you know what, this is completely social socially irrelevant. This benefits nobody. I just want to make a movie. Like because the truth is, ninety nine percent of the movie projects on the crowdfunding thing, that's just somebody wants to tell a story. They want to make a movie, and so I think crowdfunding things. It's awesome, you know, but I think I think it's best for stuff like the product thing. I think it's best for when someone has an idea and they don't have any means to make something. I think that's when it's at its best, you know. Ideas. But it's also cool the idea that you know you'd get a Blu-ray of this movie. I mean, think about the idea of hyper local or like being able to go onto a website and design your own T-shirt or just uh, you know high, like uh, extreme personalization and then hyper locality and all the stuff. I mean, if I can go on and see that I, I know some people, or even if I don't know them, that are wanting to make a movie, and I think the idea is great, and I think those people are talented, and I want to see good movies, and I can pay maybe twice what I would pay for buying a dang uh, DVD at Walmart or something, and, and in the process, have this original movie made that doesn't go through the Hollywood machine or doesn't go through any of that. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got that with, like... One of my favorite things that I've ever backed was a, uh, it's this guy, Ryan Andrews, who I think he's, he's American, but I think he's living in Japan, but he, uh, just this amazing storyteller and just an absolutely amazing artist. And so, um, and he, I just somehow found his Tumblr or somebody, I think reposted or whatever, but he was making a book of all of his stories and they really are the best, the best like graphic novel stories I've ever seen. So the fact that I was able to, you know, help him do it, and then now I have this copy. Like, it's one of my most proud possessions as far as, like, books go. Because, I mean, not that many people have it. It's so amazing. It's something I want to, like, let, make everybody, not let people borrow it. I want to make people borrow it. Well, you know, it's like, um, it reminds me of the punk scene. I know everything reminds me of the punk scene. But um, growing up, you know, we were trying to put out our own records. And um, we were, were traveling around, and we're playing in VFW buildings and stuff. And so you just got the kids that just want to have a show. So all they want, they just want to rent out a space so they can have a show. Then you got kids who are in a band who just want to play a show. You know what I mean? And so, like, the kids that are trying to rent out the VFW building have to just get together, like, 
$150, and everybody has to, and so they ask their friends to all pitch in, and then, um, then they ask everybody to pay, you know, $2 at the door because the fan coming through just wants enough gas to get to the next place where they can play another show and maybe eat at Waffle House on the way. And the whole thing is just about, like, like kind of paying it forward. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just need enough so I can do the thing I'm trying to do that you're coming here to see me do anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I mean, as a, a movie maker, I mean, I have zero want or aspirations for, like, to make some movie that makes lots and lots of money because I want to have lots and lots of money. I'd love to make a movie that makes lots and lots of money for the sheer fact that I made a movie that made lots and lots and lots of money. That means I get to keep making movies that, ma- that, that cost a lot of money, you know. I don't, but, yeah, I have no, there's nothing, it's funny because it's like, you know, our parents will be like, you know, well, what are you going to do with this, you know? And you're like, well, you know, we're going to put it in the film festivals and stuff. And there, and it's just like, well, you know, well, and do you sell it, you know? Who, who's who's going to buy it, you know? And well, I, like I remember that, when yeah. we were going on tour when we were teenagers and we were about to go on a tour for our, one of our punk bands up the eastern seaboard. And um, we had to meet with one of the um, dads of uh, the band members. And he wanted us to put together like a uh, business plan with financials on it to show why, why when we got back that he would be financially better off than when he left because otherwise it's not a valid wow, business yeah. venture. Wow, yeah, yeah. And so we were like, well, I mean, the, we're just trying to fund it. Like the benefit is from the experience, you know, right, we're right. just trying to fund it. Now, of right. course, we were standing on the benefits of, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we weren't working full time to support ourselves at the, at the moment. So we were standing on those benefits that, his dad was providing or whatnot, but but still, you know, it's a whole different way of thinking about it. We weren't doing it for money. We were trying to scrounge together money so we could do it. You know I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I you know it's funny. There's a scene in uh, there's this documentary called American Movie about this guy Mark Borchardt that is making a horror movie, and he's sort of like the Mark Borchardt is like this buffoon with a heart of gold. You know, like he he's he's so clumsy and he doesn't know what he's so doing. So this is like Planet of the Apes. Exactly. Yeah. Dead on. Listen, I mean, he would fit right in. Um, and, and it's sort of it's a movie that took a lot of heat because very clearly the filmmaker is making fun of his subject and like it's very much making fun of the subject. But the guy just has so much heart that it still has this like sweet like sort of like sincerity to it. Um, but there's a scene where his brother. They interview with Mark Borchardt's brother, and he's like, he's a complete jerk. And he's like, he's talking to the camera, and he's being like, um, he makes these very disturbing movies um, that are very dark, and I don't know who would want to buy these movies with so many options out there, so many things to choose from. Why would somebody buy one of his movies? And this is in the 90s. So, you know, even in terms of his brother being like, there's so many options, this is the 90s when they were like a quarter of the options there are now. But the thing is, is like, and that's a weird thing you, you hit. And I mean, I've dealt it with my whole life playing music and now with movies. When you relate to so, someone that has a more contemporary or mainstream view of pop culture consumption, like it's someone like me, it's just impossible for me to, and I consume a hell of a lot of pop culture, but it's impossible for me to view everything completely from the consumer side. I always see everything from both angles because I am a consumer, but I'm also a creator and someone whose interests lie in the creation of, of pop culture content um, and it's a weird crux there because you think you know like that, that in that movie it's like who would want to buy his movies and like the stuff I'm doing now I feel like I have an awkward conversation trying to explain to my parents who would want to buy the content I'm creating right now and it's a really strange thing but you know I went to see Transformers 
before last weekend and it made more money than Jesus has. And if I made Transformers 4, I would be embarrassed. I would apologize for having made such a piece of garbage. But it has made so much money, you know? And, and so it's a weird, just because something is a palatable mainstream product, that doesn't mean it's great. And just because something is made by amateurs doesn't mean it's crap, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so that brings us to learning more about the piece of crap you guys made <laughs> yeah. um, and, and took all these people's money to do it. Um, so let's, so we talked about crowdfunding and funding this stuff, which is a fascinating topic. I know we've talked about that before, but um, let's, let's learn a little bit more about the, the film that you made. Well, the movie's called The Gospel of Hip Bones. Um, I'm, I'm gonna make Chris, I always, <laughs> I always force Chris to pitch it. Um, it's a it's a, sh a short film about a Mormon kid that sees a girl in a bikini, um, and this changes his whole life perspective because he's never seen a girl in a bikini, and uh, that's it's just a comedy that about sort of the ridiculousness that ensues when this kid tries to deal with a disruption of his reality, and um, and it's just like it's just like sort of a weird Wes Anderson-y kind of indie quirky comedy thing. So it's basically like. Uh, experiencing those hormones and those feelings stuff but then trying to fit it into the kind of Mormon paradigm is that or well more so just it's the idea of a kid that has uh, been told how to be and how to think and how to live his whole life and uh, has never felt true personal inspiration and the first time he feels it is in a really stupid place but he still feels it and it's sort of it's sort of playing off that idea of like I said inspiration and, and true and passion um and, and where it comes from, and and for him, it comes from, like I said, it's, it's a grown in bikini. It's the dumbest, most goofy, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's that scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But, you know, in that in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Judge Reinhold is uh, a normal, hormone-enraged teenager that's just, like, a typical kind of guy, you know? And so the idea is what happens when that is the very first true personal you know, energy and passion that someone feels. And, and, and I just like, the, it's a character who's never felt his own wants in this world, you know? So, so I know that y'all are talking about the, the folks that y'all work with. Um, so let's give a shout out to, to that crowd. Who, who are these guys? Yeah, well, uh, it was produced by Tim Grant, who is... Uh, a powerhouse. Yeah, a powerhouse. He's, he technically did an episode of the show that we lost, so you guys, oh, yeah. you guys he'll, missed he'll out. He'll be on the podcast, yeah, at some point. Yeah, he 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 did a podcast with us once before, and it's the only podcast we ever accidentally deleted. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but it was and it was really good, so we're gonna get him to do it again. But he makes uh, really great documentaries, and and uh, it's just a really nice guy. He even kind of created a Charlotte film community uh, just on a whim, and it's it's a really great thing. He's also working on a pucker butt documentary right now is he really yeah <laughs> so pucker butt is a, a company that's here in rock hill um that sells uh very hot peppers the hottest pepper in the world actually yeah they're actually in the uh incubator in the technology oh. incubator because they're looking to do other things with the um chemicals that are inside those hot peppers oh my god yeah we, yeah. Tried, we tried some some uh peanuts some, pe some peanuts with the oh uh, so hot the ghost is it ghost pepper no carolina reaper pepper yeah, it's flavored with the Carolina Reaper, which is the hottest pepper in the world. And it, I mean, one tiny little peanut, um, which was probably one little like re residual, you know, pepper, 
flavoring in there and it killed me. It was horrible. God, I mean, it was delicious, but it was yeah, physically it, painful. It tasted really. good, but I started, I started maybe crying. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough stuff. So we got Tim Grant, who's really, he kind of helped us pull it all together. Um, he hooked us up with uh, Bernardo Marentes, who is, uh, there's a company called Caravan in Charlotte that make, in my opinion, the absolute best quality uh, productions around. Like, their cinematography is absolutely amazing. Their their cinematography is. It's funny because there's this I, a traditional Hollywood idea of cinematography and of great cinematography, um, and then there's sort of a I feel a very modern artistic voice in cinematography that for the most part exists on Vimeo, and and it, okay, I, I know what you're talking. So you're not talking about something like a. <clears throat> Um, outside the norm, like a Wes Anderson or something. You're talking about something more than like I would see on internet videos. Right, right, right. And I mean, there are movies that whole movies that look like this. It's it's hard to explain. There's just there's just an I, I feel there's a modern voice in cinema that there's a new era going on right now, and um, that it rivals what's great about traditional cin- cinema cinematography. Um, and a Caravan does it better than anyone I've seen this particular era, whatever we're in right now, I mean, these guys just, it's insane that the stuff they come up with. And, he, and Bernardo particularly just, he just didn't seem to be able to, it's like normally when you're shooting something, you're always like kind of finding the shot, you know? You're sort of like, you're looking around the room and you're finding the shot. And Bernardo seems incapable of finding a non-interesting shot, you know? I mean, literally there was more than one shot in the movie where he, turn the camera on and we're like oh my god film this and I was like you know and he was like okay <laughs> so the cinematography uh, was was really good um, and that's what Bernardo does and Tim is a producer yeah so he's bringing together these guys right yeah, yeah he he gave us a connection we also ended up um, forcing him into doing our audio because we trust him even though he's not he doesn't do audio like that's that's not his thing but we just trust him so much as a as a person and his personality type, uh, we trusted it more than hiring someone who's known as an audio person, but that doesn't have like a perfect reputation or, you know. Right, and maybe didn't have the sensibility that y'all felt in tune with Tim yeah. about this project. Is that fair to say? Yeah, there's always the risk on, um, I mean, there are plenty of people who aren't like this, but we've, we've run into sometimes uh, a case where someone is really trying to prove something so they won't let you know if the audio isn't coming out great or something like they don't they don't want to be embarrassed or well audio is 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 a big thing it's the one thing you don't know going in if you've ever done something before audio is such an issue and people have people are completely unforgiving of bad audio it's i I feel like i had to have said this on this podcast before but like if you if you show me some new songwriter and the sound quality is horrible i'm like oh this guy's a genius this sounds like crap but when it comes to a movie and it can look really horrible but if people don't hear clean crisp sound with no noise and no no wind disruption or whatever they just check out we just have zero tolerance for that that's why we have perfect audio on this podcast exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah, if if our movie sounded like this podcast would be uh would be good yeah Yeah, it'd be smooth sailing actually yeah like paranormal activity cost them a piece of chicken or whatever it was and then they then the studio bought it and they spent like I don't know, some, I don't know what it was, like $5 million or $10 million on audio for that reason. Now, wait a minute. What does that have to do with what we're talking about, that movie? Paranormal Activity. 
Was yeah. was that horror movie? Oh, okay. The, it was, yeah. it, the budget of the movie was ten thousand. I think it was I think a piece of chicken. I think ten million might be a little bit. Of it was a piece of chicken. The budget of Paranormal Activity was one piece of, ch- of half-eaten chicken. But then the the audio budget, I don't remember what it was, but it was insane. Like it was so much more than the movie cost. Yeah. And like that's there's there's that example right there because you know whenever the studio bought it, they were like, this is really cool, but people will not listen to a movie with bad sound. They just want to do it. Um, which makes sense. So, so um, Tim did the sound. Tim produced him in the sound. Um, Bernardo did the art, and that company. Yeah, yeah. Did it the, was, yeah, it was more than just Bernardo. We had uh, he was able to get other people that were there, like excited about the project. So we had just, I mean, everybody working on the crew was just absolutely amazing. And then Bernardo period was able to just create this like crew of, I mean, some of the. It's pretty much like a dream list of, of people in Charlotte, and uh, it was people that were willing to do it for free, either because they were into the idea of the story or because of just Bernardo's connection. Uh, That's great. Tim. So it was, yeah, it really was just Tim liked our story, and then Tim got Bernardo into it, and then those two guys were just champions, and they just did all this legwork and got all these people convinced. and. Well, I'm sure they're um, way past the point in their careers where they're jumping at doing projects for free because they hope that's going to open some door for them. So they must have really believed in uh, y'all's story and you guys. So that's that's great. Man. Yeah, that was, that was why I think they were able to get so much help. And they kept saying that. It was just people that, like the thing we talk about on here all the time, you know, about how you, you do this thing to make a living and then you want to do something else. And it's funny. And then they all seem to be at this age where they're like, you know, God, it's been so long since I worked on something, you know, that was just narrative and it was just for fun. And um, and that's interesting. You know, the amount of incredible quality work that people were willing to put forth for that reason. It's yeah. it's awesome. That's great. So now y'all have the raw footage, I guess. Yeah, I went, I went today at lunch and picked up the footage. So we have to, we get to start editing it. Um, so was this on like a like a cassette tape? Yes. Yes, we were we were handed seven cassette tapes. Did you pop out the little thing so it can't be erased? I have not. I'm hoping that no one is erasing. They were them. they were all um, Brian Adams waking up the neighbors. And you taped over so that you yeah, could I, like they, record over. Brian Adams waking up the neighbors. Okay. Mine mine was the Chipmunks Christmas that I gave him. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so now y'all have the footage, and you go back, and you get on the computer, and you start uh, editing. Yeah, well, for one thing, it's shot. It's oh, people are excited. Oh, soccer is happening. Um, it was. It's shot in such a high quality that me and Chris do not own computers that can touch it. Our computers so, would cry if we tried to like put it on there. Yeah. It's like this. We should point out it's, this is part of what we got with those awesome guys. Like it's the same camera that they shot like the Hobbit on and stuff like that. Um, literally the same camera they shot. I'm just kidding. The same kind of camera they shot the Hobbit with. So it's wow. Yeah, we we didn't even. I we we didn't want to get near this camera. We didn't want. We were. I was yeah. scared that something bad would happen if yeah, I touched. It's, a, it's one of the first shoots ever. It might be the first shoot ever where I didn't touch a single piece of equipment. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, usually you're doing four jobs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, usually I'm lighting and camera and everything else. This, I didn't touch a single, any. I didn't touch anything that they own. Yeah, that was what the start of it was when we were, Tim, when we were talking about it. He was like, have you ever, because we were prepared to just shoot this the same way we always shoot stuff with like a four-man crew. And um, Tim was like, well, have you ever thought of getting somebody else to do it so that you guys could actually direct it, you know? Um, and that, yeah, it was such a wonderful experience. It was just so. So y'all fun. directed the movie yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah, we both 
in, in the credits, we both are e like we're equal parts writers and equal parts directors, um, and and one third butter. Yeah, and equal parts uh, fun loving guys. <laughs> well, and crazy guys. <laughs> so y'all will then also be editors. Yeah. So yeah. so what did you say? Writers, directors, editor. Is that right? Um, yeah, we might. We'll see. If it, if it feels weird, we might just make up some person that edited, edited the movie. Yeah, to drop a title. Yeah. Uh, what's the traditional Hollywood? Uh, um, Smitty, well, Alan, Alan P. Smith or whatever it is. Yeah, I can't remember. There's, yeah, there's a, fake, there's a fake name that everybody uses. But it's just because just you feel funny when you have too many credits. Right, yeah. yeah it's weird. You know, you're talking about your computers not being able to handle it. Uh, a prediction from The Simpsons was that in 10 years computers will be twice as powerful and ten times as large. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They were close. But but the good thing is so you said we're editing it and we said we can't open the footage. So what's happening is they they were uh, they're able to make smaller size files that we're gonna edit and uh, much smaller. And then so we edit that and then we're gonna we just give them Kind of like whatever, like some file. I don't understand the math of it, but they take what we edited, and suddenly they hand us back this gigantic uh, right the movie. Print. Yeah. I'm not a cartographer, but <laughs> so so basically, it, I mean that's just technical though, in, in essence, because it doesn't matter. I mean, really, you're getting footage of what's been shot, even though it's in a lower quality. Right. You're yeah. editing together the narrative that is the yeah. movie, yeah. and then they're just making it a higher quality version of what you. Do. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we'll edit it, which means that we'll, we'll we choose what material goes in and the timing of it and the the whole piecing together all of it, and then when we hand it over, they'll just replace those regular files we used with the 5K, which 5K means five times the resolution of HD. It, and, and it's like you have to run for a while, right? Yeah, you have to all run in a group. Serious. Can you yeah. walk or do you have to run? Uh, it's a very expensive camera. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so they're also doing that um, to be nice. Yes. I mean, yeah, like an actual color. It's just going to take the raw footage and make it look even more like an actual movie. Like, And he's volunteering that time. That's fantastic. So sounds like you, you put together, so y'all wrote a story, you put together, uh, you, you showed it to Tim, uh -huh. and he loved it, and then you started this conversation and it just led to these things. And then yeah. you decided, okay, so it, you know we have these expenses that aren't people charging uh, even at all for their time sometimes, but even if it was charged for time, it's not like over, I mean, so very minimal budget based on the quality of what you're getting into this yeah. movie. Yeah. And you took that budget, and put it onto Indiegogo to yeah, raise yeah. that money. Yeah, because we needed. Um, I mean, we were yeah we were getting a lot of people helping us for free, which is amazing. But we still, we in no way had like the lenses. That was a huge cost, and the audio gear was the the biggest thing. Where it's just, I mean, we had to rent it because it's not really feasible for us to buy that stuff. It's just so expensive. Yes, yeah, so to be clear, it's it's Bernardo's company was willing to supply the camera itself, but like you know, when you have really nice cameras, they don't they're not fixed lenses. You, you have different interchangeable lenses, and if you want it to look really good, you need incredibly expensive lenses. So a lot, the biggest expense we had was actually renting the lenses to use on that camera. Um, so for audio, did y'all's jam boxes not have like a record play record? Yeah, uh, I, I tried using the first day we were using a Talkboy. <laughs> and it, and it, turned, it turned out Ooh, it could only record for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> One more two. Um, okay, cool, man. Well, this is exciting. So, I, I mean, when can we expect potentially, and don't over-promise and under-deliver, 
when can we potentially expect to see this movie? Well, we we got the footage. Yeah, we got the footage today. So so next week, by end of next week, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I would say tomorrow. <laughs> Later tonight should be good. The the realistic goal. Oh, okay, based on our track record. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. <laughs> but I'd say the realistic goal is probably towards the end of the summer. I'd really like to push that sooner if I can. But yeah. I mean, for one thing. We've never had people like waiting, like all those Indiegogo people that are amazing, like they're waiting on us. I mean, I don't know that they're like sitting at their computer, like being like, what? But, but still it's like, we, we feel very in debt to them. And we want to get, get the product to them as quickly as we can. Well, it's not like y'all have somebody all day saying, hey guys, do y'all have that uh, file that I needed y'all to edit? But the, the funny thing too, though, is in the past we've taken a long time because um, when you shoot, you compromise, compromise, compromise. And in the past for us, it's like everything, every shot you're trying to get, every audio thing, you just keep having to, you've got to get it done, so you compromise like crazy. And that eats up time in post because you're constantly fixing stuff. Everything we've edited before, I've had to fix half, more than half of it. And that's just very tiny. It's not fun at all. It's, it's not fun, but it's also not, I mean, I know technology's come a long way, but it's ultimately, I, I would think, doesn't come create as good of an output because no. crap in crap out you know kind of thing yeah yeah no and it's a cliche that that you know fix it in post and you know don't fix it in post fix it when you shoot it and it's a cliche and it's horrible and you know what i hate there's like this site creative cow which anyone who's ever googled how to do anything in photoshop or video editing has been to creative cow and the first answer in every single and i don't know this infuriates me Whenever, no matter what somebody asks, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I do this? The first reply is always get it right the first time. That's, I don't know what value that's supposed to be. It's in, it's in every single right. question. The first answer is get well, it right. When I was recording a lot of music, man, I bought, I was doing a lot of acoustic music at the time, um, and I bought really nice microphones because I just learned. I mean, you can't put crap into a microphone and then try to like digitally manipulate the sound yeah, if you just captured a good sound to begin with you wouldn't have to spend all that time freaking trying to manipulate it right yeah yeah and that's that's a big part of it like so that's frustrating you know but it's it's this is the first shoot where we just everything just sort of went there were so few compromises there were just so few moments no real moments where we ever had to be like okay we can't get that or we can't do that or this has to be compromised for this reason so yeah, really, I, don't, I don't know of any compromises we had like we, I was gonna say I don't know of any moment that we actually compromised because one I mean one cool thing we were able to do is the we had one scene that no one felt good about and we were able to reshoot it. Yeah. So it was it was kind of based around that like we we purposely spent too much time shooting this thing so that we could do stuff like that. So it was this like normally normally we would have never considered. We budgeted more time than we probably needed for on, some on, reasons like that. Yeah, on yeah. purpose. Yeah, so yeah. that so that now we don't. Otherwise, we would have had the scene that everybody's everybody had. There's like you know, the lights wrong or something like that. But we were able to. So go probably back most and viewers would have not noticed, but y'all would have been disappointed with that scene yeah. every time you watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we so, were trying to make something really tight. We were trying to really make something that we didn't cringe at. You know. And so yeah, I feel. I mean, I feel like because we were able to do that, I don't think there's anything that we had to compromise we should tell the story about well, the first morning we're shooting at old point elementary school which micah's mom hooked us up there and got us permission to shoot there and the aquatic center is right next to it and they were having some kind of meet and so we're we're showing up 
and we're, we're getting ready to shoot in the parking lot, getting our gear, getting ready, and these cars start wandering around us. And we're like, this isn't good. And then slowly start parking on the sidewalk, and then slowly start parking where we're shooting. We're, you know, we're shooting them away left and right. And then finally, of course, this woman comes up and is like, puts her foot down. I'm like, I'm like, do you mind, you know, parking over there? We're, we're trying to shoot something right here. And she's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And she's giving me that like bird sound, that like, uh-uh. And I'm like, uh, and, and she's like, uh, yeah, no, this is, you know, I'm not moving. And doing that stuff, you know, and then she starts laying into me right in front of the camera, like she's parked ex directly in front of where yeah, we had the camera. Where we're all working and stuff, and um, but she explained to me very nicely in bird sounds that um, there were going to be hundreds. hundreds and hundreds of people there. This was apparently the Woodstock of aquatic center events, <laughs> and um, I eventually folded <laughs> and we went around to the front of the school, and that's what we had to reshoot. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like the whole time where there are, there really was probably like, not a, not hundreds, but that was probably like 80, 90 cars, yeah, and we're having to shoot between them coming through. So yeah, we were able to shoot it. The next day, it turns out no one was there. It was completely empty. We never saw a car. So we went back and reshot it. Yeah, yeah. But that's my that's my awesome story. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it was also yeah, just that situation. That's how we started the whole shoot, and it, it was really great that we were able to have that time to go and redo it. So that we, sorry, I spent a long time explaining that we didn't compromise, but so everybody was on board with that. Like right. nobody was balking. Yeah, yeah. I, Another thing y'all said was uh, a lot of times you, um, I mean, not to in any way, uh, you know, be negative about anything you've done in the past, but just when you're being pulled in a lot of directions and you're having to play five roles at one time and you're weren't involved in the writing of the story or you weren't you know whatever the case there's a lot of kind of frustration on on uh the site you know the movie location or uh, frustration in the relationships between the people trying to do i mean y'all said this was pretty uh, a wonderful experience i mean through and through yeah i mean it's i mean we always kind of like bragged about the fact that we can we can make a movie for 20 to 100 dollars but the fact is we, there were a lot of things we weren't happy about with that product, so it's like, it's like we could technically do it, and some people would like it, but it was we were sacrificing all the time. So this was something where we, we, we were able to raise money, we were able to not sacrifice, we were able to feel good. And I, I do feel like the end product has greatly helped. Yeah, that's great. So I mean, I guess uh, I appreciate you guys talking about your your movie experience. Um, you know, I think we, we've covered two different things here today with, um, first of all, the idea that, that if you want to create something that you can use crowd for, crowdfunding excuse me, as a, as a way to um, raise the money to do that. And most of the things in the crowdfunding space are um, have the sensibility of someone who's kind of tapped into the new world in the sense of either it's hilarious and it's a joke or it's something that you want to create but you really uh, appreciate the way crowdfunding works, and the way the crowdfunding population works, like, you know, versus if it's obvious when somebody kind of charges up in there and tries to just get everybody's money, like they stick yeah. out like a sore thumb, you know. But um, so that's a fascinating concept, and then and then the idea that you know you guys are even doing this just goes back to stuff we talk about on this podcast all the time. I mean, y'all both work full time at Revenflow, so it's not like you're probably in the league with me of where you probably had adults when you were a teenager think you were lazy because you were holed up in a room creating something awesome right, yeah. and so here and you I are with them. Yeah, I didn't know they were I didn't know there was a problem oh I must be lazy I yeah. work constantly <laughs> I on creating for stuff for a long time yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I felt that way for a long time so 
Uh, I did too. My dad and I actually had a moment over uh, this uh, holiday, uh, the Fourth of July, where we were laughing about how I would he I would stay up all night creating ma- uh, punk zines Green and magic. creating magic, <laughs> <laughs> magic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. punk zines and a record label and record writing songs and all this. And then he would get up real early and work on you know sales presentations and um, you know uh, ways to communicate this that and the other problem solving people's problems. We were exactly the same, yeah. and yet we fought constantly. He thought I was lazy and sleeping in. I thought he was corporate and waking up. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. we were the same people, you know. But anyway, that's that mouthful, though. That means what you just said. I mean, that's a very universal thing. Absolutely, yeah. So it's cool that there's this um, very motivated generation that has these outlets to put that into a space and get them funded. And I, I just think that's fantastic. And then I appreciate y'all sharing about your movie in particular. So we look forward to um, seeing it. And the name of the movie again? The Gospel of Hip Bones. And the name of the um, awesome Tim and his gang that helped out? Uh, well, it's separate. Tim, I don't know that he has a production company, but the other is Bernardo and uh, it's Caravan. It's, uh, was it, we, we are caravan.tv. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah, so check them out too. And um, all right, I guess, uh, anything else you guys want to say about it? No, I mean, I, if, any, if, if it happens to be anyone that worked on the crew is listening, then you are an amazing person, and thank you so much for yeah, making, our, making our dream, dreams yeah. come true. In the event that any of those guys are listening, yeah, I, I, I reached a point over these past two weekends where I, di- I did, didn't know what to say. You know, I mean, in terms of like expressing my gratitude and saying thank you and trying to exp- make people know how proud I was of what they were doing and that I was a part of it and how grateful I was. I, I mean, I just ran out of words and I didn't know what to say. So yeah, we just started. We just started sounding like parrots, and we just kept saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, Chris, um, now that you've won the Super Bowl, um, what <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we'll see you guys uh, next week on Old Town New World.